welcome welcome folks welcome to another salukapur's podcast i'm absolutely delighted to have my third african american guest on this podcast i've done two episodes with uh, two of my older african american guests one with uh, rapper mahadi was my first episode the other one with motivational speaker so amy zing both from the east coast so this time i'm going all the way to the west coast and <laughs> jackie neil am i pronouncing this right yes you are yes you are man how you doing thanks for having me absolute pleasure having you uh, uh i i really thought it was jack wow uh, uh, because you know that <laughs> yeah going... not, i'm not that fancy man I, you know just even though people mispronounce it often it's uh it it goes pretty straightforward the s stays right there huh no fancy yeah, there the s the a, the s stays you know maybe if i'm trying to you know be romantic i may just go like with a jack <laughs> but uh it's very rare right <laughs> it's, it's more often this uh, reserved to your dates calling you jackwa uh, you know just <laughs> <laughs> oh no man i may have to take that i may have to steal it and use it right right okay. absolute pleasure having you once again as i said uh, can you please tell our folks uh, what you do you're a comedian you're a podcaster uh, you're an actor but i have actually uh, uh, come across you stumbled upon your tweet about jorogan and then <laughs> i i checked out your podcast culture kings it was fantastic i've obviously i did not check all the episodes because almost it's almost like 250 episodes but yeah, i've yeah. checked quite a few and i found them very interesting and i thought uh, you would be really an appropriate guest to talk about the current uh, state of your country yeah yeah man uh yeah actor been an actor for a minute grew up in theater um fell into comedy once i moved to la from chicago and you know that that's been a pretty good pretty good area and lane for me it's gotten me a lot of really good opportunities networking uh and yeah the podcast game has been pretty good to me so far um i can't complain culture kings is a fun show we get to talk to a lot of dope people uh people seem to like it you know it's just it's just two homies talking with other people you know what i'm saying that's is really nothing more than that um i used to call it like the view with two black male comedians but uh but it's kind of evolving to just like yo i'm just a fly on the wall listening to homies talk um you know so yeah i i enjoy it but i'm having a good time you know in la in the la area just in the field and uh doing doing my thing speaking of uh, podcasts right podcasting is is filled with white podcasters all around the country right what podcast white podcasters almost rule the roost uh what are the, some what are some uh, interesting and important uh, african american podcasts that you can point our listeners to so that you know we can just tune in obviously including your culture kings which i would totally recommend but what yeah. what about you yeah man you know white white people love white people in the podcast game uh go go together like peanut butter and jelly man it's a lot uh and they got fans you know you talked about that joe rogan tweet I was just a joke and boy did people fucking uh take it. <laughs> I, I had a lot of mad people in my mentions and I thought it was right. it tickled me. I loved it. Um but I think you know if you want you know, if you want um what that's one that's something that's really important to me is actually amplifying black uh artists and voices. Um I'll give you a few, but one thing that I curated over the past 10 weeks actually it just ended like 2 weeks ago. was a project called Black Voices Friday. Um it was on the Earwolf Presents feed which is the one-off feed of the network that my show is on which is Earwolf. 
And basically every week I just found um, black created or hosted podcasts um, that don't have a platform like I would or like some of the bigger uh, black artists do. And just was like, hey, here's a new show for you to discover, find, listen to. Um, and if you like it, great. Subscribe to it, tell a friend. If not, sweet. You heard one episode of it. That, that, that's the first step, right? Um, so that's something I can recommend right there is Black Voices Friday. Um, if you just want to, even the ones that don't have a big platform, but you may find something you like, uh, you can check that out. Scam Goddess is a really good uh, podcast with uh, Lacey Mosley. Uh, really, really funny. It's a, a lot of great guests uh, and it's about scams, but you know, she kind of praises them and talks about them. It's like a true crime scam uh, without the murder uh, with, the, with the comedian. So that's a really good one. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of um, Deezus and Nick Marrow. Uh, you know, the Bodega Boys, they still have a great podcast, super fun to listen to. The Read is great. Um, check that out. That's a really popular one as well. The Breakfast, uh, there's another one, right? The Breakfast. Uh... The Breakfast Club. Breakfast. Yeah, you know, the, bre the Breakfast Club is an acquired taste. Mm. Uh, you know, that breakfast is acquired Sway, taste. Sway, I like the Sway one too. Sway, Sway is really nice. Sway is great. Sway is great. Yeah, so it's a lot out there. You know, yeah. Joe Budden has one. Um, depending on what you're looking for, you know, right. if you're looking for comedy. May, got... may, may I add something to your list? Have you ever heard about Miss Pat? Miss Pat on a podcast by any chance? No. Miss Pat is oh, the Oh, Miss Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Miss yeah. Miss Pat, in my opinion, is like the funniest woman on planet Earth right now. She is so hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, that 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 and uh, like what what let's just shift our conversation to what is happening in your country right now, right? It's like yeah. what a meth lab has your country become right now? Where how did we <laughs> how did we get here? Right? Like Yeah. Well, I think the easy answer for that is we've always been here. Um, mm. We didn't kind of get here. We didn't arrive here. We've always been here. Um, and what you're seeing right now, especially with the pandemic, you know what I'm saying, is a lot of people got time to finally realize where we are. Um, you know, the fight that we're fighting right now is no different than the fight that my parents fought or my grandparents fought. And in many ways, you know, we saw progress from those fights and, and we got pretty comfortable with the notion that everything was fine, everything was good, everything was better. Um, and things get better, you know. Uh, things are better from when my parents had to sit me down to talk to me about the world and things uh, will be better for my kids when they have to sit and talk to their kids about the world, you know, like, and, and, and so, you know, things get better, but uh, we still have a really long way to go. So right now what you're seeing is the realization of people realizing that, oh shit, things aren't as good as we thought, you know, uh, staying silent about the things that black people in this country have been screaming at us about for so long uh, ha actually hurts it, you know, turning a blind eye and saying like, well, you know, you had Obama's president. Oh man, you got, people are so popular. You guys are good. You can, you aren't going through what you went through in the sixties, right. Or going through what you went through, you know, hundreds of years ago. So you good. Right. And I think that's just been a really dangerous, 
uh, notion. So what you're really, what you're seeing right now is the white liberal and the white progressive finally uh, acknowledging to a degree that we haven't seen in a very long time that things aren't as good as we were ignoring or as we were hoping or thought they were while we were ignoring the symptoms that this country has been going through for a very long time. And, and it's, it's, it's this notion, right? It's like, I was listening to Spike Lacey's uh, uh, interview the other day where uh, he was uh, trying to, uh, you know, educate something about his movie, the five bloods that came out on Netflix very recently. And uh, he said like, you know, this, the, bullshit story of America that's being sold, that it was built on the sweat and the uh, hard work of uh, dreaming American people, which, uh, which, uh, which this wonderful origination story of, of a nation that came out of nowhere and, it, you know, built on its own two feet, which, which is all just nonsense, right? You were, it, it, the, the basic, uh, you know, progress of this country happened on the backs of slavery and, you know, unpaid labor. And, yeah. you know, uh, how much is that being missed in, for example, in history textbooks of textbooks of uh, United States? Oh, completely. The history that we're all taught is incorrect, is infactual, um, is inaccurate, whatever you want to say. It, it is history taught from a whitewashing standpoint. Is history taught that presents the white person in this country as superior it is history taught that keeps white superiority uh, as the dominant force of this country, right? Um, and that's the unfortunate part, you know, and right now even, you know, to even answer your other question that you asked in relation to this, one big thing that's going on right now that's been a little bit different is we have a president that is stoking flames unlike most presidents have in a very long time. Um, and, and stoking the flames of being proud to be racist, but we're not calling it that. We're just calling it being a patriot, right? Uh, patriotism, uh, being proud of your country, being proud of the flag, blah, blah, blah. All of that is starting to be, it's not starting to be, but the proudness of it being rooted in white supremacy, <laughs> is is more prevalent than it has been in a very long time uh because they feel the other side pushing back you know when when you get pushed then you that's you know the phrase that it's always darkest before the dawn type thing you know the dawn was coming and so now we need to make it and so the darkest is here so i think that's what you're seeing right now and and the push to erase history and not acknowledge the history of this, the real history of this country has always been a case, has always been a case. But the hope is that, uh, you know, especially with social media and how information quickly moves in our lives now, unlike any other moment in history, um, you know, the generation now and beyond will understand real history but you know that's going to be fault tooth and nail mm. uh if if the white if when i say the white man i just mean whiteness in general and and if whiteness in general loses the superiority of being white then they have nothing they have nothing uh and i know that seems like an extreme thing to say but when i say that i mean 
that you lose your number one identity, <laughs> you know, and that's going to be fought hard. Lo losing what makes you you is something that people will fight tooth and nail for. And that's what you're seeing right now is the fear of losing what it means to be white um, in, in the eyes of people who uphold a white system and white supremacy and things like that. Uh, because what it means to be white is exactly what it means to be human, right? Uh, just like the rest of us, we all have things we're proud of in our culture. But the one thing that sets whiteness apart is the superiority that they have over other cultures. And that is starting to be pushed back tremendously. Uh, which was long overdue coming, right? It, it should have happened like 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is long overdue coming. And, you know, listen, one thing that I think about, um, we're a very young species, just in general, when, when it comes to, you know, if you believe in, if people who believe in science understand that uh, the human race is the smallest blip of species in this planet's history. <laughs> oh, so, you know, like you're talking about 4.5 billion years of Earth, yeah, which is the age, and human beings are around for what, 200,000 years, 300,000 yeah. years at max, maybe at max. Yeah, we're we're a super young species. Um, so you know, listen, uh, I you know the the hope is that the advancement it will come soon and quick and all the time, but. You know, sometimes we just have to understand, well, I have to tell myself that progress may feel slow, but if we leave this place a little bit better for the people who come after us, then that's progress indeed. So, um, you know, we're pushing for that progress to happen a lot quicker so our children and our children's children can have a better place to live. Absolutely. And it's just uh, people who don't understand this push, right? Especially the people who are below the Mason-Dixon line <laughs> down south. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like in their head, they are suppressed with decency, mm -hmm. which they have renamed it as political correctness, right? Political correctness is just an excuse. Defying political correctness is just an excuse to be indecent. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? It's just political correct is just this excuse to like, you know, it's it's just a twisted and a complicated name to just be a decent human being, right? It's like, I, I don't want to be yeah. politically correct. It's like, I don't want to be indecent. Yeah, it's a way, it, it, to me, it's always been like the whole political correct, politically incorrect thing has always been re rooted in the most simple form of idiocy to me because no other thing in life do you strive to be incorrect. <laughs> like nothing else, nothing else. Like, hey man, here's a test. All right, man, I'm gonna try to be incorrect on all these. Like that's dumb, it's dumb. And so like the notion of political correctness being a bad thing, it, it like, this is the one thing out of millions that we want to be incorrect about. Like, it, it's stupid. It, it's so stupid. And the argument just holds no weight to me for that very simple reason. 
because right. there is nothing else that we want to be incorrect about. Yes. But the so so that is not about politically correct or incorrect for the people who fall on that train. It's about now I'm comfortable in the hate and the insensitivity and the sexism and the racism and the and and the and transphobism, the, and the, yeah. the yeah. transphobism, the, the the homo you know, the homophobism. Uh, I'm comfortable in that and I don't want to change my ways. That's all it is. <laughs> That's all it is. If somebody says, yo, you stepping on my foot, can you please stop hurting me? You're not going to be like, man, your foot okay. You're like, oh, man, my bad. So if somebody says, hey, what you're doing is hurting me, then stop fucking hurting the person. <laughs> like, it's really, it, it truly is as simple as that. I, you know, I, I just, it is, a, it is such a weird phenomenon, the whole political correctness and incorrectness thing. It's just, it's uh, it's this quote from this movie called Big Shot, right? Sometimes people use uh, complicated terms so that they just leave them the fuck alone the, the way they are. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what it sounds to me. Yeah, that's 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 all it is. It's like, what can we call this? Political correctness. Uh, like, what? I, in order for something to be political correctness, what other correctness is there? Social correctness, uh, you know, non-political correctness. Like it, 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 it is such a stupid thing that the only people who care about it are the people who refuse to change. Uh, change, yeah. Or, or when they're pushed back, the guilt or the uncomfortableness of their actions is something they don't want to deal with. They, that's they, all it, that, that's, they, they that's just, it is. They, they so dearly want to hold on to their status quo. They just don't want to let yes. that go. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Those, those are the excuses. Um, yep. uh, is, is, the, what, is the noise of the right wing in the US has gotten far more than it, it, it has ever gotten in, the, in its history? Is this the, is, is this the, is this the biggest noise? Yeah that the right wing is making in terms of, uh, you know, the amount of coverage they get in the news and, you know, the, yeah. the, the voices that are coming out, right. It's been, it, all these days they have been, uh, all this, is, this has all been a charade in, 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 in a way, right. It's just that they have been quiet because, uh, you know, they were not ruled by, by a man like Trump all these days. And it's just suddenly all, all of a sudden it just, it just exploded. They just they suddenly found this freedom. Yeah. Um, the right wing is is very interesting. It you know it's been bubbling. You know before the uh-huh. it, it's been called something different almost every three to four years. Now the white ring is defined by MAGA. Right, four or five years ago it was defined by the Tea Party. Uh, you know it, it, before that it was it was cons- um, uh, defined by Reaganism. Yeah. You know like. So there's been so many different things for it, but I think the right wing in today's generation, 2020, and look, I'm only 33, uh, I'll be 34 in three days. Uh, so oh, I'm, I'm still a very uh, Happy young. birthday in advance. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm still a very young person. So my grasp of history outside of what I've read and things like that is mostly what I've lived. And what I've lived the right wing i've never seen uh the two sides or at least to the thought of the right wing be so rooted in patriotism 
like the right wing stands for you know like when we when i was younger and when my parents were growing up and grandparents conservatism was about you know economics and and you know moral things here and there and stuff like that uh smaller government and things like this now i'm not saying racism and all that didn't exist uh because let's be real, there's racism on both sides. There's racism on the left, there's racism on the right. <laughs> um, so there isn't, racism isn't just a right wing thing, right? Yeah. Uh, and it never has been. But now it just seems like you aren't a patriot if you aren't on the right wing. Like being a patriot stands for white supremacy. And, and and they won't admit that, but that is what the right wing stands for now. It's almost past politics. I don't listen. I I don't agree with the economics of the right wing of of conservatism. Um, I think economics and moral, uh, you know, the moral aspect of it go hand in hand. Um, but I can't hate you if you believe we should have smaller government. I, I I can't fault you if you believe trickle down economics work. In I fact, can't. you will well, be you will be you. yeah you you will be open to debate and you know have a conversation yeah. at least. Yeah, you can have a conversation about it because at the end of the day, you know, outside of numbers and things like that, if that's what you believe, fine. That's what we can vote for and see what works. And when your shit doesn't work, then it's wrong. <laughs> but, but now. It just seems like the right wing is just, they have stances that is just like, well, if you, if this is what you believe in, there is no debate on this. I can't debate you if you think my life is less important. I can't debate you if you think women don't deserve rights uh, over their own body. I can't debate you if like, these are just, these are lines in the sand and the right wing has adopted so many more lines in the sand and and their words makes it stand for patriotism love of country that it is that is the worst i've ever seen it where and look i don't love this country i'll say it i don't love this country uh we have a lot of problems i you know there are things i like there are things how, i don't how, like how can how can you say that you this country has given you a career in comedy in podcasting what, <laughs> what the fuck? come on i know right i know i'm so ungrateful i'm so ungrateful if i don't i should just leave i should just leave <laughs> but there are you know cuz here's the come, thing come to I, india brother come to india <laughs> <laughs> i think love of country is a weird nationalist thing um this isn't sports I, you know, this isn't the Chicago Cubs. I love the Chicago Cubs. When they suck, I still love them. I could be mad that they suck. Uh, I can still also, loving them, recognize when people in the organization or things like that do trash it. If a player gets accused for domestic abuse, I'm not going to turn my eyes to that because I love the uniform he wears. But I still love the Cubs, right? I can love them in the good times. I can love them in the bad times. Uh... I can't love this country in the bad times. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, because, because that's, 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 that's ignoring the symptoms 
of things that we can do better as a country. I love the people and I love the spirit that we stand for, but it's no different than any other country. Uh, The people, like we aren't better than anybody. And I think that is what patriotism is rooted in. Loving your country is rooted in. We're the greatest country in the world. Says who? Says who? (laughs) Like I, that makes no sense. No, we're not. There's no great country in the world. We all have faults. We all have good things. The people, people are good and bad everywhere. Like my country is no better than yours and your country is no better than the others. And is so love of country to me has warped to loving where you live and being appreciative of where you are and liking some things to love. If you don't think we're the best that ever did it, Thing, just get the fuck out it's like all right i'm not going to like but if that's what you think then go ahead think that <laughs> real, the real patriotism is when you when you uh, try to point faults that can actually make your country better yeah that's real patriotism like taking care of people you know uh try yeah. to do things that can put everybody in the country uh, on an, a more even playing field or give everybody a chance and an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, right now we're in this fight of just socialism work or, you know, the more progressive side of this country and in the U.S. is a little more rooted in socialism, right? And I think people overestimate what that means, Um as to we just you know people who believe in a more progressive government and a progressive world just want free shit. Um, I'll tell you right now, some of the hardest working people I know are progressives, busting their ass every day, hustling every day, day in day out, all day like different jobs, like not some of the hard. So like this idea that we just don't want to work or we just want free shit. I, you know, if that was the case and I wouldn't wake my ass up every day and, and do a million things a day and have seven things on my plate every damn day that I have to juggle, you know, like there, there is no such thing as somebody who just wants things for nothing. Uh, there's pride in, in doing what, in working for things and, and achieving things, you know, and this idea that the bootstrap theory or this idea that uh, if you aren't on the right, you just aren't somebody who works hard or cares is, is such a stupid notion. It's, it's so stupid. Right. It's just that people, uh, it's just that what people misunderstand is uh, when we ask uh, for, uh, for something, it's as if uh, the a person who works in McDonald's is asking for a vacation in Hawaii. That is what, yeah. that is the impression that people make when they hear something around socialism or something like that. Right. It's like, Oh, you, you want to, you know, you want to go on a world tour. That's what you need the money for. That's what you do. It's just, they, 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 you know, they have this wrong judgment that people will misuse whatever it's given. Right. For example, now, right now in the pandemic, uh, us government wanted to pass some bill that will give $2,000 to everyone. Mm-hmm. And imagine, like, can you imagine the amount of people that opposed it from the South? It's like, it's it's free money, people will invest in drugs, and it's just such an elitist 
commentary. It's so elite. Yeah. It's so elite. And you know what? If if you if I give somebody two thousand dollars and they buy drugs with it, buy your drugs, man. I don't give a shit. It's your money. Dude, fuck like what like if if you work at McDonald's and you want to go on vacation to Hawaii, why the fuck not? Why shouldn't you? You know what I'm saying? They, <laughs> like, they, they, they don't complain. They don't complain when uh, rich people do it. Yeah, you know. So like, why shouldn't people enjoy life? Uh, why why should why should the things that bring people joy only be uh, you know reserved for those who can quote unquote afford them? Right. You know. Exactly. Um, and, and quote unquote, those who can, those who quote unquote think I worked hard for this, so I deserve this. Well, like, <laughs> just the person who's working at McDonald's is also working hard. Exactly. They're working hard too. It's a different job. They don't make as much, but like, how are you working harder on Wall Street just because you're talking about finances than somebody who's in the kitchen flipping burgers at McDonald's? You're not working harder. Just working a different job. So you also know. the guy in the Wall Street is in a system that pays him much. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, um, the idea that people care what you do with your individual money to a degree of you don't deserve it unless you work for a type mindset, um, or to the degree of if we just let them get all this free money, then they just going to be more lazy than ever. Like, <laughs> I I guess, you know, it's untrue. But uh, if you let somebody, if you give that struggling family a little bit more money, then they will have a lot more energy and wherewithal to, to you know, work harder and have yeah. their kids in a better position. So, like, they can, like, achieve more and things like that. Like, it's just... Right. You know, it's greediness. It's greediness. Yeah. It's racism. It, it is the structure of, like I said, white superiority. Uh, and even and white superiority doesn't just apply to white people, unfortunately. Uh, there are a lot of people who subscribe to it based on the things that we were just taught growing up in this country um, that is rooted in keeping white people and whiteness in power. Uh, unfortunately yeah how do you feel when people like this get a platform like a jorogan podcast because i had to come on to that topic because that is where i saw your tweet right so it's mm-hmm. like it it what a weird guy that guy is right how did he how did he become famous like i understand he became famous through some wonderful guests he has mm-hmm. he does have like when he invites people like Neil deGrasse Tyson or like Cornell West, you know, or uh, someone like Daryl Davis, right? Uh, I love his episodes, but when he invites people like Alex Jones or Ben Shapiro, how does he manage to like grab both uh, audience from both sides of the spectrum? Yeah, um, I don't know. I I think uh, with Joe Rogan, the thing that... Um, your white mediocrity is a is a phrase that gets said quite a bit. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of it or you know 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 of it, but the notion that white individuals get to be mediocre 
and enjoy great success and people of color have to be excellent to get a seat at the table. Um, and I think Joe Rogan. George Bush became president and Obama had to work triple hard. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, so, I, and I think Joe Rogan is, is a, and look, and, and when people hear that, they think, oh, so you just think he just got it because he's white. I'm not saying Joe Rogan didn't work. I'm not saying Joe Rogan didn't do things that put him in a better position to get where he's at. Um, you know, people always think you're talking in absolutes when they don't want to think about the areas of gray in the conversation that <laughs> you are talking about, right? Um, but uh, the system that allows Joe Rogan to make as much money being a mediocre podcast host just because he listens to every side and being the number one podcast host, that's, that doesn't allow, you know, like a Deezus and Merrill to have the same. And Deezus and Merrill have a great career. So, but like, you know, it's not the same, right? Um, if I would have said Deezus and Merrill ain't that funny, I wouldn't have had thousands of people in my mentions talking about, <laughs> you must be jealous, you know, like, because because yeah, the expectation of two black men being just okay is a lot more accepted than this popular white guy being just okay. <laughs> you know, like Joe Rogan is just okay. And that's okay. That is okay that he's just okay. But say that and boy, do people get upset. You know, and I, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I don't know why he has people on both sides. The, 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 and look, I don't care. Have people on both sides. Who cares? I don't care. Uh, talk to whoever the fuck you want to. It's your show, you know. But this notion that he is the pinnacle of wisdom spreading. Yeah. And wisdom spreading and, and a voice that, this notion that Joe Rogan should moderate a debate. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Like, what the fuck has he done that gives you the credence to say, yeah, he can moderate a presidential debate. Let me say Jay-Z can moderate a debate. And, 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 and watch the response that happens. What, Jay-Z? Jay-Z is just as articulate, just because he doesn't host a podcast, Jay-Z is just as articulate, talks to just as many people, has just as many inroads in business and things like that. Like, so why couldn't he? Why couldn't Jay-Z host a debate? Uh, let me say Oprah should host a debate. Somebody who had a talk show for 30 years, who actually would be great at it, probably. Let's say, let me say she should host a debate. How many of those people that got upset at me saying like, we really gonna say Joe Rogan should host a debate would get upset at me saying she should, or, you know, like, you know, it, the, the levels of hypocrisy and the levels of double standards, that's what makes me upset about Joe. <laughs> like uh, somebody in a Joe Rogan position, it's not him, it's what the people who subscribe to what he represents as far as white mediocrity being somehow excellence uh that's that's what annoys me a lot more than anything 
I'll give you one more example. Uh, I don't know if you have heard about this dude called Logan Paul. Oh, geez, yeah, he's the worst. He's the worst. I don't keep up with him. Me too. Because because you know I see a couple articles here and there, a couple tweets here and there. You know, and I don't keep up with them because I just have better things to do with my mental capacity. But uh, the fact that somebody like that can be a millionaire because people just want to see, like, <laughs> really, really, uh, that is. And they defend him, and 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 they defend him like, oh, he's a changed person. Oh, he's not that person who went to that forest and filmed a suicide. Uh, um, uh, forest anymore. It's like it, the the pass the number of passes that white celebrities get is what I'm talking about. Yeah, they do. The numbers of passes that they get is insane. But you know, a cop puts his knee on George Floyd's neck for over eight minutes and thirty seconds, and people, well, he had a counterfeit twenty. Oh, well, he used to do drugs. <laughs> like, so why should we care? You know, like if he didn't want to die, he shouldn't have lived a life of crime. But Logan Paul. Oh, he's changed, man. You can't go by his past. You know what I'm saying? He's changed. He's all good. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't deserve the ire that you are giving him. But George Floyd's past makes him deserve the death that was given to him. That's the disconnect. <laughs> like that's the disconnect in this country. It's that like is yeah. Baffling. It's it's like um, they expect more perfection from black people. And they are okay with quite a lot of imperfection from white celebrities. That is the yeah. double double standard, yeah. Yeah, that is that. That seems to be the case, unfortunately. Right, right. And uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Colby Covington doesn't get told to shut up and box, but LeBron yeah. James gets told to shut up and dribble. And LeBron James is on the Mount Rushmore of basketball history. And he gets right. told to shut up and dribble. Kobe Covington is two fights away from getting his face broken. And he gets to say whatever he wants because he loves patriotism. The double standard is astounding. You know, it's astounding. It's just, uh, if you can, uh, I can also remind you of one more incident. Um, Call the Kaepernick. What's his full name? I uh, Colin Ka Ka Colin Kaepernick. Ka yeah. Kaepernick. Four years ago, he was uh, terminated from his NFL contract. Now, for the exact thing that a ton of football players are doing it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he still can't get a job. He's blacklisted. Excuse yeah. me, and blackballed. Um, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. That's another thing that you know we're seeing is our country white supremacy and the upholders of whiteness there is no way for us to protest we kneel not like that we take to the streets peacefully they're unpeaceful send the riot send the riot squad uh we use social media not like that Ugh, get it out of our face. The NBA put Black, Black Lives Matter on the court. Ugh, it's in our face too much. Uh, LeBron James or, you know, Black athletes or whatever say, get out and vote. Ugh, keep politics out of sports. Not like that. You know, then how? 
How? Ex- outside of us just shutting the fuck up. Exactly. How? Uh, you know, there is every way that we have protested has been deemed as wrong. Uh, so all these people take it to the streets, but you're blocking traffic. Not like that. Do it on the sidewalks. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, they, they, excuses. Every, all I hear is excuses. All excuses. All excuses. All excuses. Right. So, you know, all that tells me is that you don't care. You, you have this, if you have the same outrage, if we throw a brick through a window and set it on fire as if we block traffic or if we wear Black Lives Matter on our jersey. So if the outrage is the same for you, then I don't buy your outrage. Um, sorry. <laughs> so like it, your outrage means nothing to me. It's the, it's the same guy. Uh, they are the same people who will, uh, who will say uh, Mookie was at fault for throwing that garbage can through that window and uh, do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. And you know, um, those, those people, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Where we are in this country right now is unfortunately, listen, we're going to say what we got to say and keep on talking, right? Put the pressure on. Maybe we will reach some people who we couldn't reach before. But I understand that there's people who we're just not going to reach. That's okay. We don't need them. The people we need to reach are the ones who we can reach and the people we need to reach are the ones who are inactive. Um, Those are the ones that need to be reached, the inactive people. Because if the inactive people stand with the active people, there's no stopping the movement. There's no stopping the movement that is based not around hate, you know? Um, because I tell you what, hate-based movements, anybody who believes in it will get active in it. <laughs> it's the ones who don't necessarily believe in it. Those are the ones yeah. who are inactive. You're like, well, everything is okay for me. I, it's not affecting me personally. So, you know, I don't like what, what, what white people do to people of color. I don't like racism, but I'm not feeling it. So I'm good in my, I'm good where I am, you know? Those are the ones that are dangerous. Um, so. Exactly. The soft, um, the soft sympathizer, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I just saw the saying the other day. It's like the ones who are not interested in politics are the ones who don't want the world changed because it helps them the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. The ones who aren't affected, the ones who aren't interested, the ones are the ones who aren't affected which means that you are being um, you are being helped by the system that's in place, um, even if you don't want to admit it. As a man, I'm helped every day by the system of the patriarchy and, and male support, you know, superiority uh, every day, even as a black man. Um, so, and I, I have to recognize that. I have to recognize that, <laughs> you know, and, and, and my record, my, if I fail to recognize that, then I just am upholding it. Yeah. I'm upholding it. Even if I don't, even if I'm not out here, 
you know, doing sexist things and, and contributing overtly to patri- patriarchy and to, um, you know, the denigration of women in our society. Even if I'm not out here overtly doing anything, if I don't even recognize that it's something that is being done, then I'm letting it happen all around me, which is just as bad. <laughs> yes you know it's just as bad so yeah man i mean how am i supposed to feel when i if, if because i've never visited america so far and i visit america how am i supposed to feel when a guy when a guy with a pickup truck and a couple of flags is passing by <laughs> because <laughs> american flag has become this symbol of you know it is slowly becoming yeah. the symbol of hate right it's it's just turning it into is this, right it's like it's it's like it's as good as a confederate flag is what it's turning out to be and you know i just maybe i should i think i'll rightfully freak out if i if i'm not wrong yeah um yeah you do you just kind of you know ignore it and let it pass right um i've seen a few you know i go uh, walking in my neighborhood i live in the i live in um los angeles and you know, Los Angeles is a liberal city, yeah. Um, but I live in the valley of Los Angeles, which is still pretty liberal, but a little more conservatives out here. Uh, walking past a big-ass house with a Trump flag just makes you tighten up a little bit, right? Because you know that hate is close. Um, <laughs> in L.A., bro. In, in L.A. Yeah, of all the places. In, in, Los, in Los Angeles. Yeah, absolutely. Hate is close. And um, that's scary. That's scary. It's it's super scary, right? But, you know, for the most part, you just, you know, go about your day and live your life and try to find the joy in the day that you can and fight in the moments that you can. And in the moments that you can't, try to find that extra gear to fight, Um, you know, and, and... and trying to make it a better, trying to make every day a little bit better. And some days won't, some days will. What, but what, those motherfuckers are crazy, man. Those are, seeing the red, seeing them, seeing the Make America Great Again hat uh, is noticeable. And it, it makes you perk. I yeah. saw one in a grocery store a couple months ago. Somebody, I was getting some, uh, some broccoli or some shit. And this white couple came up. She was wearing an American flag mask, which automatically I was like, hmm. And then he had uh, a MAGA hat on. And I was just like, the, yeah, they, they are seven feet away from me. And I'm just like, these people hate me. These people hate me. And I know it. Uh, I know it. They look at me and say, hmm, I bet you he's a liberal black man. And they feel some type of way about me. And I know what people are saying. Well, you feel some type of way about them too. Right. But the way they feel about me is different because the way I feel about them is this is somebody that represents something that will hurt me just for existing. Whereas they, I hate them because of your actions, (laughs) what you do and what you say. Uh, If your actions are reprehensible, I'm allowed to hate you, but you're not allowed to hate me simply for existing existing yeah that's not those are two different things damn i mean uh, you feel like this in la i just how how are we supposed to feel for people of color living in a place like say alabama or yeah and you know uh, it's like uh, texas texas is not 
Texas is again a red state, right? It's like I just I just feel for those guys. Yeah, you know, um, you do. Yes, you know, hopefully they're living in more liberal places in the play in the red states because you know there's liberal places in every state. You yeah. know, liberal neighborhoods maybe. Austin and Texas. Yeah, neighborhoods where people are a little more like-minded. But if you're not living in a place that's like-minded, you know, you just pray for their safety and yeah. pray that they make in a it place through. in a place where guns are legal. Yeah, and you just pray. You pray for their mental safety too, and their mental right. health. And and sometimes, you know, like you you're just holding on. Black people hold on to things and still have to go about their day and put a smile on their face and right. you just hold on to all of this tension and holding on to all of this stuff that is not even in sub you know like when Ahmaud Aubrey passed away when he got shot when he was jogging I, I, I run as well and I made a video and I said something that to the effect of somebody deciding that oh that looks like a black person that I heard robbed somewhere a couple weeks ago that thought is always somewhere in the back of my mind always even before Ahmaud Aubrey, sometimes it's so far in the back of my mind, it's not even conscious. You know, it's not even in my conscious. I'm not even thinking about it, but it's always there. And, and you hold on to that. You're holding on to that. And, and you realize how much you hold on to it when unfortunately that subconscious thought that's in the back of your mind comes to the front of your mind. And you realize like, damn, it, it it reminds me of that joke, right? I was watching uh, Chris Rock's special on Netflix mm-hmm. and he did something on the police brutality and he's like, uh, when, a, when a policeman sees uh, Chris Rock, he's like, black guy, black guy, black guy, black guy. Oh, Mr. Rock, a big fan, big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Um, you know, a white In fact, person. He, he used a different word. He used the N word. I don't want to use that, but that's yeah, uh, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, and it is a white person. Most white people don't, and, and most white men especially, because white women do have to carry the burden of being a woman. Uh, unfortunately, in this world, uh, I always look at the white man, white woman trope, uh, or you know, argument as yes, we understand that as a woman you as a white woman aren't as equal as the white man and do have things that you need to fight for. Yeah. But you both are at the table. The white man just has a bigger piece of the pie, but you got a slice of pie on your plate too. Other people are fighting to get into the house. (laughs) You know, uh, but a white man mostly for sure, especially doesn't have to walk down the street and worry really ever even if a white and if a white man came to compton he would be worried because he's just worried about him his fear of black people but for the most part that black that white man never has to walk down the street and worry i shouldn't have to a person of color shouldn't have to walk down the street or and risk getting pulled over by a cop or risk getting seen by somebody and be like, if I was somebody famous, I would be left alone. You shouldn't need the the cloak of fame. Fame to protect you. To feel to feel comfortable. Right. As a person on this planet. <laughs> yeah. 
precisely precisely man yeah. you you just like it's crazy right i mean i have heard i've heard reports of clan right clan in new york and you know california and places like that it's like and and this maga maga hat has become the new clan robe in a way isn't it yeah that that was one more expression that i was uh, reading the other day yeah where, it has. Where, 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 where do you think this will end up i mean what will happen if biden gets elected and what will happen if trump gets elected again where do you think all this bullshit is going yeah um if trump gets elected again it'll be tough hmm. it'll be tough to the psyche yeah uh because it'll be just a feeling of hatred wins right right um and i think we're going to see just more and more freedoms go by the wayside and and if biden gets in you know look the but the democratic party isn't perfect in many ways they also uphold whiteness and white supremacy right. and uh can do many things better for the working class and the working man and and people of color and marginalized um groups but one it'll be a blow to the psyche of racism and hatred two we can't get further left by going further right <laughs> yes um and if we have the hope to go get further left we don't do that by becoming a more fascist country right and i think that's what will happen if trump gets reelected uh we are barreling toward a more fascist country and 4 years from that 4 years from in 2024 if he's still the president i hate to even think about what this country will look like as far as fascism and and white supremacy being upheld like he's even fighting for patriotism to be taught in schools patriotism history right that's propaganda that's fascism that is that is nationalist and that is teaching the history that we want to teach to further degrade people of color in this country and if we get four more years of that it's going to be tough it'll be tough so uh but we'll per we'll persevere we always do we always have we have to uh we just had to find new ways to to do it and when the Dem- if the democrats get in Biden gets in uh the fight isn't over that's the thing that you know right. needs to be recognized the fight is not over yeah in many ways it's still just beginning uh in many ways it's just beginning um so you know we we going to have to fight no matter who gets into office um right. it's just are we fighting with two hands behind our back or one hand untied <laughs> right 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 and man is, isn't trump going full megalomaniac right now i mean he's planting some judges and uh, he's saying things like i'm not going to let go of my seat that easily i'm going to i'm going to disregard the votes and the counting and you know his his and november will be a very interesting month is all i'm saying Yeah, uh I'm very interested. You know, we went through this in 2000 with Bush and Gore. Oh Lord, yeah. Um which is the first election that I remember. You know, I was 13 at that time. 
going on 14. I was 14 at that time, actually. And um, that's the first election that I remember. And, but that fight came after the fact, you know, but that, that's what started it, you know, 20 years ago. That's what started this whole, basically, Republicans have to cheat to win. <laughs> Uh, and what he's doing now, what Trump is doing now is he is actively delegitimizing the election before we even have an election, because I think he sees the writing on the wall. So he is he is delegitimizing it. So when he does contest it, he has some way to stay in power. Um, we'll see. You know, you know how the world is feeling. The world is feeling. So imagine if I am the world and you are USA, I'm just grabbing mm -hmm. my popcorn and I'm just grabbing a drink and I'm just ready to watch the show unravel. I'm just waiting for it. And it's just like, yeah, there's no offense. This is no joke to you, but it's, and I lost respect in US after 2016, man. No offense. I mean, I, I used no, to be, I, should. Yeah. I, I, I used to be in the off the United States of America. And then when Trump got elected, I was like, you know what? These people can be dumb too. That is, yeah. That is what I did. Yeah. I, you know, the little respect I had, uh, you know, lowered. But, you know, hit the sad part is a lot of people of color, a lot of people in these marginalized groups. Uh, the, the most surprised person by Trump's election was the white liberal. Hmm. Three weeks before the election, I was telling everybody who would listen, Trump is about to win. I felt it. I knew it. I could see it. I could see it. I could feel it. Um, I didn't care what no damn poll said. I could see I could see the excitement in his side, on his side. I could see how the racists were fired up. I could see it. I can feel it. I could hear everything that they were saying, the way the media was talking, everything that we were focused on, Hillary's emails and all this other bullshit. I could see it fucking coming. Um, and a lot of black people did. A lot of people of color did. We weren't surprised. Hmm. Interesting. We were not surprised. Very um, interesting. If you watch, if you go back and watch, watch the first SNL after the election. Dave Chappelle is the host. Okay. And Chris Rock is in this skit too, but they have a skit where all the white people are just so hurt. I can't believe it. And all the black people was like, mm, mm, hate to see it, you know, because like, and it was a perfect like depiction of what the minority in this country saw coming because we was like, this is the country we've been telling you you live in for a long ass time and the, and and welcome to knowing it <laughs> welcome to what it feels like to be black <laughs> you know like we i saw it hey, i don't hey. see it as much this this election mm. i don't know i think the more the thing that i see this election is if he wins it'll be a stolen election mm. um but i think when it comes to the actual vote um, I'm not as confident in the Trump win as I was in 2016. Mm. Finally, something good that I heard in 2020. Well, what a fuck all year this has been. Um, mm. But, you know, you say this thing, but I've totally lost trust on polls and stuff, right? Back in 2016, right? Because every single poll was like, Hillary is going to come rolling down, being the, becoming the first woman president of the country. And then, but what we don't know is there is a different universe in Fox News and 
that fraternity entirely right they mm-hmm. they have a different shit altogether that we literally don't even get to see yeah yeah fox uh, news the... is a, fox news is apparently the largest watched channel in us and it is it is um you know and and the funny thing about that is they they say those numbers and while it's true but if you look a little deeper um the vast majority the vast majority of people who vote democrat one don't watch television um two also distrust mainstream media because they paint stories to sell stories um so whereas the big the fox demographic are middle of the country people who still pay a cable bill you know who haven't cut the cord and people who believe the first thing they hear on tv as opposed to our generation which we get our news from multiple sources right yeah uh, we read, we hear something and then we want to back it up and then we want to read about it. You know, that is the gist of our generation. So while Fox is the number one news network uh, in the country, uh, what that doesn't take into account is the fact that where the majority of the younger generation gets their news is not television. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I will say that. I will say that. Um yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean, the Fox is just a propaganda. It's not even news. It's a propaganda channel. And the polls are, you know, the polls were wrong. And the polls did show that she had a high chance of losing the Electoral College. Yeah. Still thought she would win, but the chance of her losing the Electoral College was a lot higher than Biden's chance is now. Right. Because it's I, all about states. That's what I, needs to stop is the states. The electoral college in this country needs to be abolished. Yeah, that's that is again a trick to keep white power in place. That and the senator system of you know every single state having two senators out of the blue. Those it's things. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's and then I I remember watching this. I remember watching back in 2016 because I am an Indian and I want to come to America. But you know the immigration policies are very hard, and Trump Trump was going to affect immigration policies further, right? So I was mm-hmm. really interested in American election, and then I watched, and then I just my my jaw just dropped on the floor when I saw her lose Wisconsin of all states, which has never voted red since 1984. Michigan, right? And you know, Pennsylvania went down and it it was bloodbath. Yeah. It was bad. The enthusiasm wasn't there on the left either. Mm. And while the enthusiasm isn't necessarily there as far as we love our candidate, <laughs> yeah. uh, the enthusiasm is much more prevalent as we can't let this motherfucker keep and and let this administration Continue. stay in power. Yeah. Um, that's where the enthusiasm is mm-hmm. and that's where the silent majority is is mm-hmm. and the people who are like this administration that's in has caused damage that we didn't even know possible some people yeah, some people did know it was possible and knew what was coming if he got elected so um, that's, the why, that's the wave of, of enthusiasm that we are going to be fighting but look it's a dangerous fight 
because yeah. that enthusiasm was there. You know, the enthusiasm of we hate this president was there in 2004. Yeah. Bush versus Kerry. Oof. And Bush still won. Bush still won. Uh, it's hard to unseat an incumbent. It's right. It's hard to unseat an incumbent. Uh, it happened right before that, you know, with Bush and Clinton. But, uh, but it's hard to unseat an incumbent. Right. It's a right. different world now, though. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Kamala being on the ticket helps too. Um, mm. But you know, the, the progressive side, the leftist side, whatever you want to call it, uh, have a lot of things to be upset about, but I'm just hoping mm. that. Well, you know, if, 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 if Sanders, if, if Sanders, Bernie Sanders was the democratic uh, nominee, what, what, what would be your guess? I think he would win. Mm. Uh, kind of. Mm. I don't know because uh, you know the enthusiasm with the young vote would be there in the progressive side, but the fact of the matter is he lost two primaries. Yeah, how <laughs> and, and wild though? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, the overall thought is the DNC and the Democratic side just beat him down and didn't want him to win, so they did everything in their power to stop it. And while that could be true, and in most in most cases is true. Um, the fact of the matter is he still lost two primaries and or that, do you or do you think America is not left enough in general? Um, I do think America is is left but maybe not left enough and I you know I do wonder if he would have gotten those moderate votes but I think he still would have won mm. um, I think he still would have won I think Biden is gonna win mm. um, I do I think Biden is gonna win and I'm not just saying that because I want it to happen uh, I do think he's going to win, but there was going to be a base on the yeah. left that wouldn't have been excited about the candidate. <laughs> right. Uh, with Bernie, it would have been the more moderate side yeah. of the Democrats. And with Biden, it's the more leftist, progressive yeah. side of the Democrats. Yeah. The hope is, though, that once again, we as progressives have to swallow a pill that we are tired of swallowing and vote for the sake of this country. Right. Um, and even though we didn't do that as much as we should have in 2016, I think we will in 2020. Right. Right. Man. Uh, amen to that. And uh, fingers crossed. I think uh, uh, so if you had your savings to bet on, you would bet on Biden this time. That's your thought. Mm. I don't know if I would bet my savings on it. Right. Uh, I'll bet. I'll bet like twenty dollars. I'll bet Fif twenty dollars yeah. on it. <laughs> fifty-five, forty-five. You think? Fifty-five Biden, forty-five Trump. I think it's about a sixty-five percent chance Biden wins. Brilliant, brilliant man. Let's just hope for the sake of twenty twenty that happens. I think that is a great and an optimistic note to end this podcast, Jack. Is thank you very much for for your presence. Thank you very much for doing an Indian podcast. Not sure you've done this before, but absolute pleasure having you here. Yeah, this was great. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you're doing good work, so keep it up, man. I I, I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, you know, it is another thing that just unfortunately about America is the world is glued to what we do as a country, which is a good thing. 
but just to show you how ignorant Americans are, like most Americans could only care about the 50 states in our country and we need to change that. And this is a good way and a good step to do that. So, man, I appreciate, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Hey, uh, before going, would you tell uh, uh, about your podcast a bit and your social media presence where people can find you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can find me everywhere at Jackie's Neal, um, J-A-C-Q-U-I-S-N-E-I-N-E-A-L. Um, Twitter. That's all. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram. That's, yeah, that's, that's how you can find me, jackiesneal.com if you want mm. the website as well. Um, and Culture Kings, yeah, check it out. It's a, it's a fun podcast. We have some really fun guests. It's a comedy podcast, but we're not afraid to chop it up and talk about anything, you know, even if it's heavy, if it's not. Um, but, but hopefully the conversation is always good and hopefully it's always enjoyable. And uh, I think it's worth listening to. So if you got some time and some space in your podcast life, uh, check it out. It's, uh, I think it's the same uh, platform that also, where also uh, Conan also has his own podcast on Earwolf, yes. right? Conan, yes, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, our podcast is on the same podcast network that the Conan O'Brien podcast is on. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you very much, Jackie Sneel. Thank you very much, ladies and gents. If you've been listening to Solokopu's podcast for this long, that's it from this episode. Until we see you next time. Who would have thought a man from Los Angeles and a man from Tirupati, Andhra Pradesh, India would have interacted this way. This has been brilliant. Thank you, brother.